it is really a breath of fresh air to have someone say, look, this is what I've been doing. I'm a little bit stalled. I need help. And, and then they check the box off their goals, and I get to be a part of that. I'm Patrick Chandler. I'm TJ Kiblin. I'm Nick Reyes. And you're listening to the Sweat Daily Podcast. So we are back with another episode of The Sweat Daily. We have a fun guest today. We have TJ with us as well. TJ, say what's up to everybody. What's up, guys? What's up? We are going to get into a little bit of nutrition, but our guest has quite a bit more experience than just nutrition under her belt. So our guest today, Dr. Lisa Vauter. Did I say that right? You did, yeah. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. It's always a bad look when I don't say the guest's name correctly. <laughs> and, and yeah, I didn't rehearse very well. So Dr. Lisa Vauter is here with us. She, uh, she has some close ties with our Jim Kansas Athletic Club, but also has a really cool story. So without really spoiling too much, Lisa, can I have you kind of explain your backstory? What, how many degrees you have? Is probably key. <laughs> all of them, and then also kind of what brought you here to this point in your career today. Sure. Um, thanks for having me. First of all, yeah, you're welcome. Of course, appreciate it. I, um, gosh, where to start? Let's start at college. Um, so I went to SLU, and I majored in nutrition. My plan in undergrad and actually starting in high school um, was to be a doctor. I My stepdad was a surgeon and I kind of, my mom's a nurse, thought that that's really the path that I was going to take. I shadowed a lot at the hospital. I spent time there just, just because I thought that's what I wanted to do. So fast forward college figuring out what to major in. Biology, I was like, eh, if I don't end up being a doctor, what am I gonna do with biology degree or chemistry degree? Um, and so I landed in the nutrition department, which makes a ton of sense. I, I love exercise and food, and, um, and so nutrition just made sense with my lifestyle. Um, and it was easy for me to learn. I really didn't work that hard. Um, to get good grades and to keep, you know, keep on in the program. That's not um, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I should say concurrently with being in college, I always, I was always uh, working. And mm-hmm. so I first in college worked in the athletic department selling tickets. Um, and that was awesome because obviously I got to go to all the games and um, mm-hmm. just hang out with all the athletes. And then I ditched that and got a job at a bar because I like cash and I was making a boatload of money. And so I did that for three years, um, graduated in 09, came back to Kansas City and um, had applied to med school, got an interview with the DO school downtown and at KU Med. Um, I got into the DO school. I didn't get into KU. And when it came time to decide, I was like, why am I hesitating here? This is really what I want to do. Why am I not like sprinting towards this opportunity? Um, and so I kind of thought on it a little bit. I, I feel like I had a little bit of em- emotional intelligence as a 22-year-old. 
and um, and I realized because I was hesitating that that's probably not where my heart wanted to be truly. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't go. I didn't accept. Um, I deferred for the next year. And um, and then meanwhile, applied to the master's program at KU, got in and started that. So that's fall of 09. I um, had done a mission trip over that summer. And then when I finally got back and started the program, I also got a job at a restaurant on the plaza. So again, restaurant industry mm-hmm. and then grad school. Um, and again, classes were awesome. I loved it. I got a job researching for the cardiology department at KU. So I was kind of all over the place, um, super busy. Uh, So 2009, 2010, 2011, doing classes, working, all of these things. Um, And then in 2011, that summer was really hard. And um, I kind of had like a... kind of took a backseat and examined like what my life was all about where am I going epiphany or something yeah like life's really short and Mm -hmm. we don't always get promised tomorrow and why am I on this path and um and so at that point my master's program kind of kind of just stopped showing up I was writing my um my thesis and it was a lot of independent stuff at the time and so I just like was having a ton of fun at the restaurant at the time and it was easy to throw myself into that um and so I moved up I guess you could say climbed the ladder in the restaurant industry um and graduated to working at Capitol Grill and if anybody's ever been to Capitol you know the environment it's fancy and fun (laughs) people love to party and, um, and so you can kind of get swept up into that world. And so I, um, I just stopped writing my thesis <laughs> for about a year. And then um, eventually got back to it, got my master's in 2013, I think is when I finally got it. Probably should have gotten it about <laughs> a year and a half ahead of time. But I got it. I got the paper. All of that is to say my heart really wasn't in academia or in the nutrition world. I was fully invested into working in the restaurant industry. I was making great money, having a ton of fun. Um, And I was kind of using my nutrition background with helping people make good choices. And, you know, when you say you're in grad school, people love to hear that um, from a server. And so that was my life. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I worked at Capital for about six and a half years. Um, started bartending, um, and you know, all my girlfriends that were at, like, that had gone on to working in the nutrition field, you know, they're nine to five or at the hospital, and, you know, they have PTO and lots of on-call and that sort of thing, and I'm like, hey, I work whenever I want. I, uh... I can go, I can like leave if I want to, pick up extra shifts if I need more money. Um, And then I got injured. I was running, I was really into running, running fast, running hard in between, you know, shifts and I hurt my hip and I went down the traditional path of, you know, get an x-ray, 
get an MRI, go to PT, just the standard stuff, um, and it wasn't helping. So I started seeing a chiropractor, and I felt better. She did encourage me to get, to keep, you know, to like get down the inflammation. She encouraged me to get a cortisone shot, so I did. It helped even more. Um, but I kept up with treatment with Dr. Heather and loved it. I mean, my body felt better. I kind of had made the shift from running into yoga. And then her office was at a CrossFit gym. And so I, um, when I went to see her, then I started going to classes and mm-hmm. getting into lifting and my body just changed and I felt strong and obviously with strength comes more stability my injury never came back I kept seeing Heather kept seeing Heather so this is all um, at the same time as working at Capital. and then after like five years of seeing Heather as a patient she said Lisa I think from the conversations that we have during our appointments you would love uh the chiropractic school you should go shadow and so that was in early 2016 and so I did I shadowed and I loved it and I applied and got accepted and enrolled all within like a month and um and kind of that's where we are today I went through chiropractic school it was fast and furious pretty gnarly um, you know, 31 credit hours some trimesters. Jeez. And, um, yeah, so I also, at that time, a little bit about my personal life, uh, met my husband there. We got married. I got pregnant and had a baby all before graduation. So I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the biggest takeaway I've gathered from this story is that you don't like to just do one thing at a time. No, like, no, no. Let's find like one thing point. that's like the main thing and then like two or three other things to, to focus on at the same time. Load it up, yeah. load it up. And I also, I feel like once I, I see an idea or I get something in my head, it, the decision's kind of already made. There's not a lot of waffling, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing, I think, sometimes. But... Here we are. So I am a chiropractor. My office is in Brookside. I love treating moms through the parenthood transition. So prenatal and postpartum is my jam. Um, and that came to fruition because I was pregnant in school and I was obviously getting treated throughout my pregnancy felt great. It was also a time of like explosive learning for me, Um, you know, going to seminars and kind of getting to be my own guinea pig throughout that time was really empowering and eye-opening. And although I have an awesome relationship with my OB and um, she... I mean, we trust each other, and I did. I didn't feel like just another number to her or another patient. We really had good conversations. I also was doing a boatload of learning for myself, and I kind of realized that not everyone is as lucky to get to do that, to learn about the body and to, you know, be immersed in that community. Um, 
I actually just want to jump in here real quick because I had a question for you, um, and I think it obviously um, my wife is pregnant right now. TJ's wife is yeah, pregnant right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk about some of the things that you learned about about just fitness and working out while pregnant and just kind of tell us a little bit about your personal experience with that journey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is uh, something that I, I mean, I could go on for days and days, so you have to cut me off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, like I said, was into heavy lifting, loved to exercise. I was that crazy kid in um, chiropractic school over our 50-minute lunch period. Like I would sprint down to the gym, change out of my clinic clothes, get a 45-minute workout in, shower, and get back to class super sweaty, and then like shovel my lunch in the next class. Everybody's mm -hmm. like, Lisa, you should have eaten lunch already. But um, <laughs> so in that time, learning um, both about my personal journey and, you know, academically, the pregnancy is such a dynamic, a mere, it's, it's miraculous. It can be frustrating, um, especially for driven athletes and people that want to keep, keep on doing what they're doing as far as exercise is concerned. Um, the biggest shift that I had, the biggest learning experience that I talk to all my patients about and anyone that'll listen, is that it is a bl it really is a blip in time, and you have to shift your mindset from training for numbers and training for you know um, percentages and bettering yourself just to to what's how do I say it? Um, you're working towards personal goals. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You're shifting towards birth, right? Right. So then you just, sh you have to, sh it's a total paradigm shift. You kind of have to take yourself out of the game for a little bit and realize that you're training for something totally different. And don't get me wrong, labor and delivery is one of the most athletic events of a woman's life if she chooses to have kids. Um, you know, it is, it's long. First time labors can be long. No one would run a four-hour marathon or do a three-day CrossFit competition without training for months and months and months in advance. And so to think you can go into labor and delivery off the couch or without exercising or training for that event is, it's just not the best way to prepare yourself. And so I really had to get frustrated and, you know, throw some tantrums during workouts because I just couldn't get, I couldn't keep doing Imams, you know, my yeah. heart rate would shoot up and I would have to mm -hmm. sit down and, um, you know, and then you become unstable and back squatting is uncomfortable and my back would hurt. And so I had to, you know, kind of figure out well, what do I do now? How do I you know, change this around? And so once you kind of make that shift for, well, let's do some let's do some things that are good for uh, my pelvis and for birth prep and for, you know, keeping in mind that my core is unstable um, and doing more mobility and that sort of thing. I, I, I love that mindset of like prepping for birth because, you know, oftentimes we see people get pregnant and, and I can't speak. I'm, I'll never get pregnant, right? I can't really speak on this. But a lot of times people treat their pregnancy like they're delicate, like they're, oh, they yeah. can't do things and they shouldn't do things and they shouldn't work out. And, and I love that approach that it's, you know, let's, let's train for giving birth instead of look at it like, you're almost like you're sick or something when you get yeah. pregnant. So I, I love that mindset and that approach. Yeah, you know, our culture kind of um, is a little bit of a driving force behind that mindset. You know, um, you it's a choice, right? You can be delicate and there in, in 
and you will find providers that will facilitate that. Or you can choose to take it into your hands and, you know, really do more than the average bear. Um, I would say that the birth culture in America right now is, it doesn't, it, they kind of like, this is going to sound bad. <laughs> you get on a conveyor belt, you go to your appointments, and then you have a baby. And the mindset is not always that you can do more or train for it or, um, you know, read the books and do digging. Mm-hmm. Like um, traditionally, it's almost like a, like a systematic thing. You do this, you do this, you do this, baby. Whereas yeah. you're like, you know what? Every, you Basically, you said it in the beginning. You were like, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's pregnancy is going to be a little bit different. So what you do versus what person B does is going to be completely different based on probably what you were doing before and what you plan on doing after too. Yeah, yeah, and the things you enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be heavy lifting or CrossFit. It can be yoga or rock climbing um and there are ways to modify and keep doing what you love to do you know the idea is to just keep moving Mm -hmm. and to not get sucked in by the couch yeah because it's so easy to do that you're tired you know you your body is different you don't sometimes you don't know what to do because it's uncomfortable but what good things have come without a little discomfort right right there was one thing that I wanted to, to jump back to. You had kind of mentioned about like the frustrations about not being able to do things that you had been, your back was bothering you, squatting, mm-hmm. um, and it was just frustrating. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, you kind of said you adapted to these frustrations. How easy of a transition was that? Was it, was it like, okay, I just have to shift my mindset or is this something that you dealt with maybe throughout the entire pregnancy and how did you kind of um, you know, learn to make those adjustments. Like give yourself grace, right? right. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and uh, so with both of my pregnancies, so Charlotte is two years and three months and Noah is six months old. So um, with both of my pregnancies, the first trimester was brutal. Um, I didn't want to do anything. And so it was pretty easy for me to just give it all up. Mm-hmm. All right, I just wanted to eat cereal. Um, (laughs) and then the second trimester I started feeling better. And so then, you know, you get back to it, you've taken, you know, a couple months off, the barbell felt really good. Um, but I just, you know, you have more blood volume, you have a little bit more weight, a little bit of, um, you know, core instability. And so for me, I, I knew that doing some breath work and some core work and some mobility before getting into a workout was important. And so, but I don't like to do those things. I don't want to slow down. I just want to jump to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that's my personality. So I would set a timer for 10 minutes and just slow down and uh, breathe deeply and do a little bit of, um, you know, focusing on core stuff before I got to um, more dynamic movements and, um, and when the 10 minutes was up, I would, you know, move on. But I had to do the 10 minutes or else the rest of the workout was going to be miserable. And I knew that um, after, <laughs> you know, going hard for a week and regretting it. And so, yeah, it was, and then, you know, 10 minutes became 15 and then it became 20. And then, you know, you're in your third trimester, you're 30 pounds up and you're not lifting weights anymore. Literally, I was just doing plyometrics. I was doing 
body weight stuff. And that was enough because I had a 30 pound weight vest on. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I tell all my patients in the third trimester, um, just move with the body that you have today. Um, and that means just listening to how you feel. Every day in pregnancy is different. Very frustrating. Um, and some days you feel great and you want to lift everything. And some days you feel like laying on the ground would be just about enough. <laughs> and so, you know, you do what your body wants. And, um, and that was also a learning experience. Um, I have to give credit to BirthFit and the education that I've done with them. A lot of these ideas and the mindset stuff comes from um, Lindsay and the team mm -hmm. there and so I um I really didn't I'm I didn't come up with these things you know I've learned from people before me and um and so a lot of the mobility stuff that I do comes from DNS dynamic neuromuscular stabilization so it's a lot of um just mobility stuff and um and so yeah so that is kind of where I um, lean, what I leaned into mm -hmm. um, with the changes through pregnancy. So, you know, that was kind of advice more so for obviously pregnant women. Mm -hmm. um, you're talking to two group fitness instructors here. <laughs> obviously, yeah. we don't have the personal experience of being, being pregnant, but um, I know that TJ and I have both coached pregnant women in the past, and I know that we have a lot of listeners that probably do coach, um, you know, group classes or even personal train. Yeah. What kind of advice, um, and you mentioned BirthFit, which mm -hmm. I, I've done some research into and that it's awesome. Yeah. Um, what kind of advice would you give to people that are coaching or training, um, you know, pregnant women? Um, so uh, I don't want to be, don't take this verbatim, grain of salt. Obviously, again, every pregnancy and every, um, every body that you train is different. I would say don't – pregnancy is – it is delicate, but women are not delicate, right? Mm -hmm. So I would keep going with normal exercise until – you see instability or until there's discomfort. And, and I'm not saying drive women to discomfort, but I'm saying don't take out movements if they're still keeping their technique mm -hmm. and just letting them lead. Mm -hmm. there, is, there are plenty of resources that show modifications to exercises you know, sagittal plane stuff like pull-ups, V-ups, L-sits, um, you know, good mornings, that sort of thing that should be obviously taken out as soon as they start showing mm -hmm. or even, you know, popping out a little bit. All very core-centric type stuff where it's like you can replace that with something else that's going to be more beneficial. Yeah, let's do some side planks. Let's do some, you know... Cat cows, bird dogs. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and integrate more than just the rectus abdominis mm -hmm. um, because that is there. that just starts shifting, right? When that belly pops, it kind of have to make room somewhere and so the rectus is the first muscle to kind of be exploited right um i would say 
just get familiar with modifications and have them available and be approachable to women that might look, you see them walk in and they look at the board and they go off on their own and they kind of do a little thinking like, how am I going to get this done? And, and maybe approach them and say, hey, I have these exercises in mind if you're not feeling like XYZ feels good today. You know, offer before they ask because a lot of CrossFit, a lot of patients that I've had that do CrossFit just say, you know, there's this coach that I just don't feel comfortable modifying and so I grit my teeth and bear it and then I, I just, I don't love it. So I've stopped going to his classes or her classes or, you know, we're pushing through a cycle to do CrossFit games right now and everybody's super serious and I'm eight months pregnant and I can't do half the stuff. Mm -hmm. And so being approachable and open and saying, look, this is an EMOM, take your time. You know, yeah. you can have this rack over here, not necessarily in the corner. We don't want to be pregnant. Women don't want to be put in the corner, but just say, this is kind of out of everyone's way. If you're going to take your time, then here's the space that I've already thought of for you. And that way they don't feel like ostracized. Um, and, you know, they can still come. They still want to come and be part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily want to do something totally different. And so um, just being, you know, empathetic and open. Yeah. So I just had a couple more questions for sure. you. And one, one of them was um, you mentioned obviously working throughout the entire scope of, um, you know, women's health, you know, pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, and then mm-hmm. postpartum. Yep. What kind of stuff, um, both chiropractic, nutrition, physical activity, um, just kind of speak a little bit about what you do personally and, and maybe what you've done in your own personal life. Yeah. Um, no, these are loaded questions. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 questions. How long do we have? <laughs> so I, uh, through school, I had access to a gym. So I was still lifting weights and um, and then, so I graduated August of 2019. Charlie was about to turn one, and then I got pregnant pretty quickly thereafter with Noah. So in that time, I mean, I kept lifting until the very end. And then in between, so I guess I should say this. After birth, I took it really slow. So I really didn't even do much leaving the house for about 30 days. And then after that, four weeks, five weeks-ish, started with some diaphragmatic breathing, some light core stuff, really just reestablishing and connecting with my body. Mm -hmm. You know, you get stretched, (laughs) and then immediately... You don't have, the, you know, the extra weight anymore. And so you, your body kind of just has to recalibrate. Your organs have to shift back into place. You are fatigued and your body still isn't yours if you're breastfeeding. And even if you're not breastfeeding and you're bottle, f- bottle feeding, your body still isn't yours because your brain is so focused on the baby. Um, and so giving, taking it slow, you know, the birth fit mantra slow is fast in postpartum, really, I took that to heart. So I'd say six, eight. With Charlie, it was like 12 weeks. With Noah, a little faster, maybe 
time did I actually like take a walk, walk around the block mm -hmm. by myself, um, like pushing a stroller. And then, you know, a week of that and then baby wearing on the walk and then a week of that and then taking the dogs. And obviously each of those things adds a little bit of, um, you, you know, you kind progressive of progressive overload. Yeah, right? it's yeah. Pro yeah, it's progressive overload. So then I'd say 16 weeks, you know, four months postpartum, I started doing more exercise, like traditional exercise, some lunges, some air squats, some push-ups, um, a lot of mobility again, adding that back in. And then five months, I got back to kettlebells. We have a couple kettlebells at home. Um, and so just doing farmer's carries, unilateral stuff, a lot of single leg things to kind of trying to tap into my pelvic floor, get that kind of gauge where I am. Mm -hmm. So, and now six months later, I'm back at the gym here walking in and everybody's doing front squats, the music's blaring. And I'm like, yeah, I want to play. I want to <laughs> play. Um, am I ready for that? I think so. Mentally, definitely physically. Yeah, I mean, I did a workout with a 40-pound kettlebell the other day, and I was sore. My hamstrings were crying. Um, and so a 45-pound barbell, I think I could probably start there now. I think the long game is what I have in mind. I don't want to be 50 with prolapse or incontinence. I want to be able to jump on a trampoline in 20 years. And so I'm really giving myself a lot of time to heal and um, I mean, I don't know, Pat, how long do you give people ba uh, before back to barbell after ACL reconstruction? Uh, it's a decent amount of time. <laughs> I don't like off the top of my head, I would probably say like close to six, seven months, somewhere in there. Maybe even longer. It depends on their level before and yeah. each person's going to be a little bit different. So it's kind of kind of similar where it's like, you know, I, I would say. Yeah, probably six, seven months before we start, like, really messing around with the barbell, so. Yeah, so it's kind of the same thing. It's like there's, um, and I'm I'm immersed in these Instagram accounts and social media stuff, and so I see all the same things over and over. I don't know if you guys have seen any of this, but th in the birth world, there's um, not a meme, but just graphics that say ACL reconstruction, let's say a high school athlete mm -hmm. or even a college athlete, right, if you've torn your ACL, you know you're going to have surgery. You get prehab before surgery. You get surgery. You have you directly into physical therapy mm -hmm. and then progressive overload with a strength and conditioning coach. Everybody's keeping their eye on you until you are ready to get back to sport. That's an ACL. And I'm not, you know, saying that that's not a big deal. But birthing a baby is also a really giant deal. And so there should be standards of care for prehab, you know, getting your body ready for what it's going to do, game day, labor and delivery, and then immediate post postpartum, you know, physical therapy or chiropractic or body work to, you know, recover and help you heal. And, you know, there's birth injuries, people tear lots of stuff can happen that is uh you know it's actually like physical trauma yeah, like physically. legitimately people yeah. have surgery major abdominal surgery during mm -hmm. birth and so the current state of affairs 
with the way things are with birth. It's just a little bit lacking, and women want to get back to activity, and there's nowhere to go to learn about how to do it. And, you know, if I hadn't fallen into the, the education the way that I did, bet your bottom dollar I would have picked up a barbell first time, you know, getting back to exercise. That's what I want to do. Women want to get out and go for a run. They want to go play tennis. They want to jump in the water and swim or whatever their sport is. That's what they want to get back to. You want to feel like yourself again and spending a little bit of time sweating or doing a yoga class is what you want. Um, And so the, uh, you know, I get jumping right back. Mm -hmm. Increasing education and awareness of steps that need to be taken in order to prepare your body for those sorts of things is my passion. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell. And, (laughs) um, you know, we're actually kind of running a little low on time, so I know we got to get you out of here. But what... um, you said you mentioned your, your chiropractic places in Brookside. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. If people wanted to reach out to you for help, for questions, how can they do that? Um, and then if they wanted to, like, you know, book an appointment with you, how could how could they do that, too? Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to talk. I'm not going to derail your questions. I will <laughs> answer it. I also, because we haven't mentioned it at all, took a big break from nutrition in my life. I didn't find that um, my master's degree I didn't use it right away traditionally in the traditional Mm -hmm. sense and I kind of was uh, left that alone because in the healthcare model of the United States nutrition just isn't it's a little backwards yeah yes a lot backwards is that a nice way to say it it is yeah (laughs) and so I kind of um got a little frustrated with it and just abandoned it I've come full circle given the opportunity from TJ to, you know, do some nutrition coaching at the gym. And um, and so that is how I am, you know, putting myself back into the nutrition world, doing a little bit of nutrition coaching with, um, you know, the people that come here, which is so wonderful and fulfilling and satisfying that part of my education to be able to bring it full circle because people here want to do better. They want to get better. They want to stay healthy. They want to know how to optimize their life through food. And that is what I am into as far as nutrition. Um, it It is really a breath of fresh air to have someone say, look, this is what I've been doing. I'm a little bit stalled. I need help. And, and then they check the box off their goals, and I get to be a part of that. So um, so I do nutrition, too. I know we mentioned it at the beginning. My, my practice in Brookside is in a yoga studio called Yoga Soul Casey. It is at Gregory and Oak, and I love treating pregnant and postpartum moms. I do see men sometimes. Um, but I'll probably be there for the most part. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, just uh, kills me. but I feel like there is, there's just a big void um, for, for what I love to do for the, for women that I love to treat. You know, um, if you, know, you guys, like you said, pregnant people come through here all the time, 
you know, and they want to just stay at their best. I don't necessarily need you to be in pain in order to come get care. Um, it's just really to optimize your experience through that blip in time, that 40 weeks when everything is changing and everything is on its head. Um, and getting your pelvis aligned and all the ligaments and muscles that attach to it, just making sure that things are on the right track. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't drive your car all the way out of oil before you get it checked. Um, and, and so I think regular check-ins with your body is a great thing to do. Um, postpartum care, you know, for women, the first time you go back to your OB is six weeks later. Um, six weeks is a long time to be at your house with a newborn without getting checked on. And so I tell all my moms, you know, whenever you're comfortable, bring the baby, come get checked out. I know your shoulders are going to hurt. I know your low back's going to hurt. You're doing more sitting postpartum than you have in a long time because you're feeding that baby every couple hours. Yeah. And it takes 20 minutes. And you're um, only holding them in one arm. On one arm or the one other. Side. And you're not really sleeping. And you're, you know, so body work postpartum is, is super important. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what I love. In my office, obviously I'm a chiropractor. I do adjustments um, if it's necessary. Um, the awesome thing about chiropractic adjustments is that it has a direct effect on the nerve system straight to your brain. So it's not necessarily like I'm going to rock and crack you because it feels good. Sure, it feels good. But where is this motion restriction, you know, is it, is it like a regional thing? And what muscles are attached to that? And so I do adjustments in a lot of soft tissue and all of my patients get homework. And it's not like three sets of 10, three times a day. I don't need you to make a spreadsheet of the exercises that you get and check off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's not the deal. The deal is spend 30 seconds, get some input to your brain, turn on that muscle that's inhibited, and then move on to what you really want to do. Um, spend five seconds doing some deep breathing before you, you know, get your day started. Engage that, in, you know, turn on your diaphragm, connect to your pelvic floor, and then hopefully the rest of the day your brain can kind of sustain that and, and then, you know, retrain, you know, the nervous system to, to, you know, get yourself out of pain. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That sounds like a, um, a much needed service. And, um, and I think she's found her niche, right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said before, we can clearly tell that you're passionate about it. So, yeah. well, um, it's kind of upsetting, honestly. It's right. like, they'll check on the baby probably several times, but do they really check on the mother. You said it's, it's up, it takes six weeks until they actually have another scheduled appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. frustrating. Right. So pediatricians, you know, with a baby, you see two days, one month. I th I don't, oh gosh, it's all I'm taking my notes blur. right now. One second. Yeah, <laughs> so there's like three or four appointments for the newborn before the mom even goes back mm -hmm. in. I guess it's different if you have a C-section, you go in two weeks post-op. But that's just to check the, to make sure the incision's not infected. There's no yeah. They're not so. checking... Like that, it's garbage, is what it is. They need yeah. to change the way they approach that. Yeah, so, um, a little just uh, just to finish my thought, uh, my appointments are 
60 minutes from the first exam, 30 minutes of return visits. I usually try to get people out of pain and dismissed from care, you know, within one care plan, four or five visits, maybe six. Um, and then hopefully they have the tools to keep themselves on the right track after that. Um, I really like to talk and educate and do lots of conversing with my patients through um through the care plan and so I you know I have conversations that the providers aren't don't necessarily have time some taboo topics through pregnancy there's a lot of stuff people don't talk about and postpartum and so you know really digging into those or or bringing up a question that that moms don't think about or hadn't mm-hmm. been talked to about um I love that that's that's what I love yeah so. that quality care that making sure that you have that relationship with yeah. with your with your peeps that's of that's course. awesome of course so um how can they get a hold of you is it social media um i don't know do you have like a call line what uh a, a pager <laughs> a pager yeah, yeah do you have a beeper <laughs> um, Fax me. yeah yeah, yeah. What, what's the best way for somebody if they so had questions or wanted to book with you yeah, so booking, my website is drlisavader.com, D-R-L-I-S-A-V-A-W-T-E-R.com, and then social media is Lisa Vader Cairo. Um, I'm glad yeah. you spelled that. I didn't want to have to try to spell it. Every now and then I start <laughs> to spell things out. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> yeah, so um, I can book online. Um my contact information is everywhere. So, you know, if you need to send an email, that's great. You can fill out the questions form on the website. Um, I think my phone number is even on there. So, you know, people can text me or call me if they want to. Um, I, I don't know. I could obviously go on and on and on about this. So, if you become my patient, just know I'm a talker. <laughs> and... Um, and so that's what you're buying into. Yeah. Also, totally. if you if you want to book a nutrition consultation, you can certainly go to kansasathleticclub.com, ksathleticclub.com, and book her specifically. And I think, yeah. um, obviously, you guys can really feel the passion of her niche. And so if you're <laughs> someone that's, you know, expecting to get pregnant or is pregnant, like pretty much all the wives here, uh, <laughs> or postpartum and, and just need some help and, and some guidance, um, what a great opportunity to work with Lisa and, and learn and live a better life. Yeah. yeah. And, and one last thing too, that's not, you don't have to be a member of Kansas Athletic Club to book a consultation. You do virtual consultations, correct? I do. You do per, in person yep. and virtual. So, um, yep. you know, depending on your comfort level with in person, um, or even if you're not located, you know, anywhere near our physical location, you can still get in touch yeah. with Dr. Lisa. So thank you so much yeah, for joining us. This, this was awesome. awesome. We're going to have to have a, you back. Cause I feel like we could talk for days and days and days. So and right. once our wives have babies, we'll <laughs> yeah, have we'll, we'll yeah. have you back on it. Maybe right. even before then, cause for I'm sure, sure we'll have questions, but as always, everybody, make sure that you like, rate, subscribe, five stars, all that fun stuff. Um, there's actually a, a glitch. So if you like, if you subscribe and then you unsubscribe and then subscribe again, we get more points. So, <laughs> so do that. Don't just hack. sit there. If you're like have 30 minutes or you're working on breathing exercises, just unsubscribe and subscribe and then do it again Perfect. over and over it. and over again. We would love that. Um, remember, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, Sweat Daily Podcast. And just as always, Sweat Daily. Thanks, guys.